Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 39. Welcome, gentlemen. How's it going? Good, good. Ready for some turkey? Yep, it's uh, Black Friday deals. Week, month. Tur- yeah, I'm not even sure when Black Friday starts anymore. A lot of places started early this year. Yeah, it used to be, I remember, when sales didn't actually start until Friday, and they kept getting earlier and earlier. And then, what was it, two years ago, they started selling on Thursday of all days, and now it's just like all week, all month, whatever. Yeah, it's all month, pretty much. Just buy stuff from us. Buy our specially made, really cheap, TVs that are only sold on Black Friday now. Yeah, or last year models, off-brands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely the off-brand things. You see those all the time. $10 Android tablets. People are stampeding over each other for them. Yeah. But hey, that's the spirit of Christmas, right? Yep. (laughs) Well, since Uh, we're in that spirit, I thought it might be cool if we just kind of did an episode where we talked about all the the cool gadgets and, and things that we're interested in for for Christmas. Because um, maybe some listeners have similar tastes to us and may not know about some of this stuff. Or maybe they will and they'll be like, yeah, I want that too. So, let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And may or may not be Apple related, right? Yeah. A few things. So. Hit your fast-forward button or your skip button if you're not interested in this episode, but be prepared for some cool stuff. Although, since you wanted to talk Apple-related stuff, I'll go ahead and start off with... uh, Apple promised us a long time ago when Steve Jobs was alive, but I'm still waiting for the uh, open standard for FaceTime. (laughs) (laughs) That's been replaced by Swift Open Source. Okay. They did say it was going to happen by the end of this year, right? That's what they said. And Chris Latner has reiterated that recently. I believe believe there was a tweet or something related to the recent LLVM discussion. So still a little bit of time left. Hopefully it'll still happen. Last one I recall seeing was like August or September time frame. Still on track. Definitely not something you'd get out of your uh, two-week sprint status meeting, but we'll see. He could be staying up real late on New Year's Eve trying to get it out the door. Yeah, that's typical Apple. Let's get in at the last minute. All right, Argo, you had your FaceTime one. Alex, what do you got? So, um, you know, with the Apple TV, you know, we've we've got some better content, but we still don't really have kind of that DVR replacement. So for the uh, cable cutters out there, there's a product called Tableau TV, which kind of gives you a over-the-air DVR. So I had been using an iMac with Elgato and ITV as a DVR with a Leaf antenna. And that worked reasonably well, but the Tableau TV looks like it will replace the iMac for the DVR functionality. Kind of simplify that that set up and uh, in theory 
it should work with the Apple TV. It has Apple TV listed as a supported product. Not quite sure what that integration looks like yet. And with any luck, maybe... they have an app or...? I don't know. Uh, hopefully, if they don't have one, maybe they're creating one. But they definitely support Roku and the Amazon Fire Stick. And, it, and they have the Apple TV icon on their website, so... I'm still looking into some more details related to that. Uh, coworker had suggested it. Uh, looks intriguing. Looks like a fairly well done device. So I'm looking on the Tableau website right now, and it looks like they do not currently have an app, but uh, there's a link to a blog post where they say, hey, we are working on a native Apple TV app, and they want to get all the, the cool stuff like Siri search and stuff, which I'm guessing maybe even at the time of this blog post, they. Yeah, which was September 10th. They didn't know that that API was not available yet <laughs> to developers. Seems to be a common misconception, especially from consumers. They're like, oh, where's all the Siri stuff? Yeah, why can't I dictate into my text box? Yeah, but uh, kind of related to Tableau TV, um, I ran across a couple of cool things uh, on my list. Uh, just the other day, I found this app for the Apple TV called Get, or just called the Channels app. Um, you can go check out more at getchannels.com, but it's, essentially it's a, a front end for HD home run tuners for the Apple TV. Oh, nice. Uh, it's like 15 bucks, but I can watch my, uh, over the air networks on my Apple TV now. And, They've got a program guide that's free and all that stuff. Um, not, not necessarily a program guide, but you get information about what's on and what's coming up next and stuff. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Basically all the metadata that gets shipped down with the signal then. Yeah. So if you don't have a HT Home Run, you can get a like a HT Home Run Connect, which is just for over-the-air stuff, pretty cheap uh, these days. It's less than 100 bucks. Um, and then 15 bucks for this app, then you can watch over-the-air TV on your Apple TV, which is pretty cool, if you ask me. It is way cool, but at $15, that's hard to swallow for without having the, any kind of trial. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one other thing that is kind of intriguing, and I think the channel's TV app people said they may support this stuff, is there's this uh, software called HD Home Run DVR that's kind of in like a preview mode right now. But it's essentially just like uh, you have a HD Home Run tuner, and just for anyone who doesn't know, a HD Home Run is a network TV tuner. So you plug it into your cable or your over-the-air antenna and an Ethernet jack. Uh, some of the newer ones also can let you connect with Wi-Fi, and then you have kind of a network-accessible TV tuner where you can watch TV channels on whatever device. Um, but this HD Home Run DVR thing is basically like a... A software for it can be for your computer, uh, for your NAS if you don't want to put it on your computer. Um, and they're going to come out with apps uh, for lots of devices: iPad, Android. They have listed iPhone and potentially more. This is kind of a somewhat old blog post, but you could pay now to get whatever the current beta version is. And one thing that's kind of cool is they have they say one of the features that they're planning to support in the future is the encrypted QAM channels which if you're in the United States that's all your cable channels 
which not even there's no software right now that can play that or record TV from it on a Mac. So it's kind of cool. I think you needed to use Windows Media Center, which has been discontinued in Windows 10. So if you want to get all of your TV on your Apple TV, probably a combo of the Channels app once it supports HD Home Run DVR and this software when it's complete sounds like it could get you all the all the channels yeah so it won't even require like a cable card that things like the new tivos have to have no the so the only hd home run tuner that supports those channels are it's it's called the hd home run prime it has three tuners and it does require a cable card it's only uh for for cable stuff but it also like most cable companies also do the broadcast. I think they, there's probably a law that says they have to. The broadcast channels. Yeah, I believe they're supposed to have the broadcast channels unencrypted. Yeah. So you'll definitely get those. And then when, whenever the software supports the encrypted channels, and also there's probably some cable channels that aren't encrypted on your cable as well. So it seems like we're, like we're almost there. It'll probably be out just in time for Apple to be like, oh, and by the way, here's this other thing we've been working on. But now we have Apple Music and now we have Apple Video. Yeah. So whatever the whatever that ends up being, it seems like it's all coming sometime early next year, hopefully. Cross my fingers. So Sam, yeah. why don't you give us something off of your Christmas list? I would like a new iPad. <laughs> and uh, I would have loved to have had an iPad Air 3 this year, but that's not going to happen. So I'm um... I would settle for an Air 2 that has a little bit more storage than what I've got now in my Air 1. I just have a 32 gig, and it seems to fill up pretty quickly when I put some some games on there and download a couple videos. And I have to just work at keeping it clean. So, yeah, I'd like a new Air. I'm pretty easy that way. Yeah, I have, I have the same thing you have. Uh, maybe a 64 gig iPad Air, the original Air. And all that cool multitasking stuff that all the cool kids get to do seems seems really awesome. But I, I'm just not convinced that the Pro is what I want and kind of waiting to see what comes next. Maybe next year there'll be a whole bunch more cool Pro software for it with X, maybe yeah. Xcode. That's, that's been the, the rumor that teams keep popping up. That won't happen. It would be cool if it did, but no. Yeah, the whole debugging experience seems problematic and can you imagine managing provisioning profiles from an ipad pro <laughs> that that would be a nightmare <laughs> you hit the fix me button what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. hey, have you guys seen that uh app called sidefari i think it's sidefari it's a, a safari basically embedding uh, safari into an app and it uh works well as a side-by-side -side multitasking app on the ipad so you could read two web pages at once if you wanted to. That's kind of cool. It makes sense because that's kind of one of the things that they just haven't done yet or decided they didn't want to do. But there's all kinds of web apps that would be ideal to be able to multitask with. Yeah, being able to browse two websites at the same time. Is it on the App screen. Store? I believe so. The name of it made me think maybe you had to sideload it since we can do the yeah. new... Uh, the thing that like the Flux app yeah. is doing or was doing where you could just download the source and run it on your own device. I don't think you could actually download the source for that. You were downloading a, some kind of binary. Oh, yeah. That's why Apple there. cracked on on them, right? Because it was, they were distributing some random binary and saying, hey, just <laughs> run this. Yeah. Yeah. So Sidefari is available on the iPad in the App Store 
for 99 cents US right now. Cool. Yeah. I doubt that it would take advantage of like all your bookmarks and everything else that were in your regular Safari. I'm sure you could just do an open in though, right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely could. Kind of tabs without the tabs or something. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Apple will come out next year and Sherlock them in iOS 10. But for now, that's a great multitasking use right there. Alex, you'll have to try that out on your giant pizza sheet of an iPad. Yeah, the, I do have to say the multitasking on the iPad it is pretty nice. Changes the experience from the normal iPad quite a bit. I don't know how many use cases there are for it, but it uh, makes me want to get an external keyboard for that. I, I still don't like the Apple-covered keyboard. It seems ugly to me. Mm. Like the Surface Pro has a nicer keyboard slash cover. Oh, did you just say that out loud? I did. He's putting I his think, foot uh, down. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's odd that the aesthetics are better on the Surface Pro cover than on the Apple keyboard cover. I, I can't say that Apple has ever really been stellar with their cases. And the their covers, they're fine, right? Solid colors. Cases, similar. But, like, the wraparound case for the iPad that they had with the, the old-style iPad, that was just horrible to hold in your hand. Uh, the first generation? Uh, the second through fourth. The smart case, is that what it was called? Mm, something like that. It had these edges on it that were like magnified pointy? the sharp yeah, that would magnify the sharp edges of the iPad already. Yeah. I think that was so like when it impacted with the ground it would absorb <laughs> it made me want to impact it on the ground. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was a conspiracy theory. They put out a crappy case, charged a bunch of money for it, and then they get to charge the made for iPad fees for all the other people who are making <laughs> the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has a good third party keyboard cover for the iPad Pro, but It'll come. I think Apple definitely left the door open there. Well, didn't doesn't Logitech have one either yeah, they, out yeah. the door or coming? Yeah. I don't know how good it is, but yeah, it basically looks like Apple just glued a keyboard onto the, their existing smart cover, and it doesn't even lay flat, so that just mm. seems wrong to me. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I don't know. I'm sure there's people out there that love it. It's a podcast. You're entitled to it, your opinion. But I did get a cover for my iPad Pro, and surprisingly, it seems to add quite a bit of weight and bulk to it, more than I would have <laughs> expected. If you had the, the back cover and, and the, the smart cover, it yeah definitely adds some, some heft. Oh, it's a full cover? Well, it's two pieces. Okay. So there's a back, and then there's the, the screen cover that folds over. And they're like 80 bucks each. Yeah, they're <laughs> pretty pricey. Ow. So I don't know. Yeah, $80 sounds about right. That's Apple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're used to it. Yeah. All right, Alex, what's your, or Argo, sorry. Argo, what's your next one? Hmm, what is my next one? I will go with a Synology DS415 Plus. It's a network attached storage device. I've got an older one uh, right now, but I uh, run my media library off of it, and this newer version has a better processor that can transcode on the fly and all that stuff. But it's basically a, a 415 means there's four hard drive slots and 15 means it came out in 15 and the plus means it's faster or something. It's got like a dual core, like non atom Intel CPU. So it's a good, it's a good NAS. If you want to put media on there, your time machine backups. I like the, the NAS I have now from Synology and uh, this one would just be an even better one. Do you guys use an S at home or at work or anything like that? I have one at my house, and it's a QNAP one. Software is pretty decent. 
you know, it runs Plex and a few of the other open source things. It's essentially a Linux distribution with a fancy front end and some uh, software. Yeah. To do the, the, the raid and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's what they all are, but... Yeah. Well, you have to be careful because some of them don't have Intel chips and you can run into issues with software that's compiled for Intel only or whatever. But. Yeah. Synology seems to have a good good software as well, and they there's third-party like repositories of software that you can use, too, if you want to get stuff that's not in the official one. Like I think the, the Crash Plan app is, is there, lets you install Java and all that good stuff on there with a nice user interface. Yeah, the one I bought, I upgraded the RAM on it. It's just got a lonely little Celeron chip, but it handles the job pretty well. Yeah, that sounds yeah. similar to my current one, but NAS, NASes are cool. I like my NAS. Yeah, it's good. I mean, if you definitely need a backup, and it's so much nicer to do a wireless backup of your time machine than it is to try to remember to plug your hard drive into your laptop overnight and let it go. Just let it go in the background whenever you're home. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, I need a, I only have two drives in mind right now, and I need to get a, at least a third one in there. Yeah, I'm, I've, I'm only 50% of my phase right now as well. Yeah. And those hard drives add up when you're buying those. It's like, oh, it's a couple hundred bucks for the NAS, and then, oh, you want to get four, three or four terabyte hard drives? That adds up real quick. <laughs> it does, especially because if you want, like the Western Digital Red ones is what you want to put in into a NAS server, mm-hmm. and they're not cheap. No, nope. they don't come down in price very quickly either. Yeah, I've noticed that. But SSDs, which you can put in as as cache drives now too, at least if your NAS supports it, those are getting cheaper and cheaper. I'm liking the trend there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe my next NAS will be all SSDs. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have 512 gigabytes. <laughs> oh no, they're gonna have really cheap two terabyte SSDs by the time I get a new one. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that may be a while. It'll be a fast NAS. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was mine. Uh, what about you, Alex? What's next on your list? Home automation is definitely you know something I I think a lot of people gadget people like to look at for the holidays. Um, and when we went into June this year, right before WWDC, I think just started seeing the first HomeKit devices shipped shortly after Apple announced HomeKit, or nearly a year after Apple announced HomeKit. And we're just now seeing more and more HomeKit devices. And Apple recently started pulling products out of their store that are in the home automation space that don't support HomeKit. So they're they're starting to put some emphasis on that. Um, yeah, but I just got a device that was like that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the new Echo B now supports HomeKit and you know as a uh, thermostat uh, smart thermostat. Okay, is that like a Nest competitor? Yeah, it's a Nest competitor. It's not owned by Google, and generally most of the reviews I've read have been very positive. A lot of people said they dumped their Nest and went with the Echo B and thought it was a lot better. I think the big thing it has going for it is it has uh, extra sensors that you can put around your house. The Nest just has a like a motion sensor for the room you're in. I have a Nest, and I just had to turn off the uh, like n- motion sensor to detect if you're home or not thing because it's in my dining room and ever I a room I never go in, and it's like unless I have like a two year old run by it or or something like it would just set the temperature to super cold all the time. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I think the nest is slightly more aesthetically pleasing, but just slightly. Uh, the Echo B seems to have a pretty good product. Uh, there's now a HomeKit-enabled uh, smart lock uh, from Sled, and as far as I know, that's the only uh, HomeKit-enabled lock device out there. Apple recently pulled uh, Kivo in August from the store because they don't support HomeKit. Yep, I have a Kivo, and I'm, I'm sure the next generations of most of their products will support HomeKit too. The, the one you were just talking about, Alex, they had an older version that looks exactly the same, except for this new version does HomeKit support, and it costs like 30 bucks more of course uh <laughs> yeah. so it'll, 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 it'll probably be back in the, the apple store soon with all that stuff yeah i would imagine so i'm not sure why it takes so long for some of these companies to adopt HomeKit. I mean, probably because they're trying to be agnostic but apple doesn't really like that yeah. so now they've got to have a home kit device and you know, another type of device for non-apple ecosystem yeah or have some sort of bridge or something that pair to that seems like a cause trouble if you're a family where half of it's iphone and the other half diehard android fans yeah i don't think that exists <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like having two uh political factions doesn't happen never <laughs> <laughs> never ever happens mm -mm. yeah so yeah, I, I, home automation is still very much a hobby product sector, but it, it's fun to play around with the, the gadgets and connect them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about having a wired house where my locks are tied to my phone and, and everything, but I like the idea of the convenience of it. Yeah, one of the nice things about the, the one I got, it's called a, a Kivo, is if you look at it from the outside, you can't really tell that it's a smart lock, like there's no... Uh keypad or anything like that it just looks like a normal deadbolt but you go up to it and you just touch it with your finger and then it checks to see if your smartphone is nearby or one of the dongles you can buy uh and then it unlocks hmm. so it's it's kind of cool uh but no home kit in this version so i don't know i like it though the only other problem is the key code is much more convenient if you're giving out like uh codes to someone else uh because if you want to if you want them to use your Kivo, you need to give them, uh, they need to get the app, create a login, and then you, and then they can add the key that you sent them. So that's kind of the, the bummer. But I do like that I'm not screaming, hey, my uh, door can be hacked through Bluetooth, like, badge on my door. So <laughs> Yeah, I think the Internet of Things space is still very immature, and security is definitely going to be something to be concerned with in the future. Yeah. For early adopters now, I guess. One of these days, all of, all of your houses are just going to go join the singularity and lock you inside. And <laughs> you're going to be the only one who's allowed outside of the house. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Someday. So, uh, on more on the entertainment and fun side, you guys, any games or game-related products you guys are interested in? Well, there's a couple of PlayStation games coming out. The new Uncharted looks yeah. cool. Yeah, that does look really cool. I've got the, I just got the Uncharted collection because I never had any of the other PlayStation consoles. So I've been playing through the first, first three in the series. That's, it's a fun game. It reminds me a lot of the, the rebooted Tomb Raider series, which is also really good. Uh, the original one you can get on both consoles right now. And the new one just came out on Xbox. I think it's like a timed exclusive. So I really hmm. want to get that. Uh, it's, I think it's called Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, but yeah, they rebooted Tomb Raider to actually have Laura Croft be a strong female character that has like feelings and motivations and stuff like that, rather than just eye candy, which is which is cool uh, and a good story, or at least a story. Um, and the sequel's out to that, so yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time buying video games for people for gifts because I've bought my son's gifts 
video games in the past and they just plow right through them. They're done within a couple of days with them and then that's it. And they also want to have them on launch day. You know, waiting until Christmas is kind of challenging for a big gamer. Yeah. And we've got um, Star Wars Battlefront just came out. Looks like a really well done game. At least the graphics look very realistic. The graphics, yeah, the graphics are awesome. It's I think the gameplay is intentionally kind of simplified so that everyone can get into it. You don't have to be like, you know, one of those people who plays first-person shooters uh, 24-7 if they're not, you know, working or sleeping. Um, but, yeah, that's on my list that I want to get. Uh, played the beta, and it seems like a really, really cool game once you get all the all the modes, but there's no real story, which is the only kind of bummer about it. It's like, how many times can you play the Battle of Hoth from different viewpoints or whatever? But it, it's a really, it's a really cool, fun game. It's just kind of simple as the only downside to it. It's probably a good way to get revved up for the Star Wars movie. Yeah, I was thinking I was going to get it like around the time when the movie came out, just because there's so many games that just came out. I just got Fallout yeah. 4 too, which is a, a really fun game. There's just like. November is the worst time to want to play video games because there's so much stuff that comes out. Yeah. Sadly, not a whole lot targeting Apple platforms, especially the Mac. The Mac seems to be a bit neglected lately. Well, a Apple doesn't put any hardware that's capable of playing good games on it. I think it's the biggest issue. Yeah, even Blizzard is uh, is planning to skip Mac for uh, their new Overwatch game, correct? Yeah, that's a bummer. You know, Blizzard's usually, you know, on Mac day one. Bit of a su surprise there, but um, but we do have the new Apple TV, and uh, lots of good games and more games coming out all the time. Probably not console-quality games yet, but... Well, the Apple TV can be a console-quality gaming system if you're emulating old systems. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we're still only a few months into the Apple TV being available for developers so you know that's not enough time for people to really d build a full-featured game for the apple tv or at least e even test any anything significant i was gonna say there's there's that but i've heard on other podcasts where people just aren't seeing big download numbers for their podcast or for their app and i'm thinking now that you know this thing came out in november it's a great christmas gift for somebody yeah so we're going to see an explosion of these devices in December. Yeah, I think yeah, Apple TV is probably a great Christmas gift. And, uh, you know, having great apps on it uh, is definitely definitely going to make a difference. Yeah, right now I think the market of Apple TV users is like 95% Apple developers. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think Apple is just now spinning up their commercials to promote the Apple TV, especially for gaming. And, um, you know, speaking of gaming on the Apple TV... You know, one of the things on, on the list is a game controller for the Apple TV to make playing games on it even better. You know, especially the multiplayer games, since we don't have a remote app for doing that yet. Yeah, well, assuming we ever get a remote app, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes to, to keep you guys updated on that status again. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I put the uh, SteelSeries Nimbus on my... Uh, list and I right now have the Steel Series uh, Stratus, which is uh, like a pre-existing uh, iOS game controller that came out a while ago, and it wasn't cheap. It was like sixty bucks, and so the Steel Series Nimbus is supposed to have supposed to be higher quality, and it's ten bucks cheaper than the Stratus. Everything else is pretty much the same, 
Um, so it seems like that's the the one to get. And if you have little kids who want to play Disney Infinity, uh, there's a Disney Infinity 3.0 starter pack that came out for the Apple TV. Uh, it's like a hundred bucks, but it includes this fifty dollar controller in addition to the starter pack and the a little dock that you have for Disney Infinity. It's one of those games where you have to collect the figures and put them on the dock to play with them, like Skylanders or uh, Lego, whatever the Lego Lego Dimensions that just came out. Um, hmm. But that's if if you are thinking about getting that, that's probably a good way to uh, pick up a game controller as well. Yeah, I have the Stratus one, like you do. It seems fine for me. I've yeah, I mean, I haven't really had used any... it a whole lot. Yeah, I. I've briefly like tried to play some apps with it, but it sounds like this one is cheaper, newer, and supposedly better for some things. Maybe the like the analog stick or the D pad was better or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. That's what I read. So does it have a start button? Because that would be nice. Well, I think it's got the same button layout. I don't. It seems like Apple, Apple's uh standards don't allow for the like start and select buttons that are common on lots of console games they just have like the one button that apps tend to use for like a pause and the emulators like the provenance we talked about in a past episode they now have soft start and select buttons whenever you hit the that home-ish button to pause the game so it'll pause your emulation and then you can hit start or select so that's kind of the <laughs> hack hack to get that but <laughs> better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just that's more like a limitation of what Apple's standards are for the game controllers, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I know they are pretty strict about what kind of switches and everything you have to use, and they don't they don't allow you to use lower cost ones. That's why a lot of these controllers are very expensive. Yeah, we got to get certified and all that stuff. And yeah, right. Who's next? Who's got something on their list? Well, we're starting to run a little bit long. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention before we switch over to the app of the week? Yeah, so people ask me, like, what do you want for Christmas? It's uh, There's this organization called uh, Heifer.org, and basically you can buy part of a cow or part of a pig or chickens or whatever. And they're live animals. You're not actually going to receive these parts in the mail or anything like that. That's like Omaha Steaks or something. But you can get these things, and they're given to people in developing nations. And the, the idea is that they're not going to just take these animals and slaughter them. They're going to use these animals, and they're going to uh, breed them or whatever and become self-sustaining on the, with these animals. So, you know, if you give a couple of chickens to somebody, and then a few years down the road, he's producing eggs and selling them, and he's not having to take assistance from charity organizations. So it's heifer.org. I always tell my girlfriend I would like this, and she always says, no, I'm getting you a gift. But I'm going to put together a, a shared instance team, and we'll see if we can get something out there for people to donate to. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Very cool. Cool. So uh, what do we have as app of the week? So we have Simul, which is a markdown editor uh, for the iPad. Uh, from Inquisitive, Inquisitive Software. Uh, Harry Jordan sent the the app to us to take a look at. And it's actually very well done, very slick Markdown Editor. I was in the market for a new Markdown Editor after getting the iPad Pro, 
and uh, the old Markdown editor I was using, the version was no longer available in the App Store, and I was couldn't download it anymore. So I was looking for a new one, and uh, um, Simul was recommended to us. So downloaded it, played out, played with it, and uh, it's really well done. Um, probably my favorite Markdown editor right now. Yeah, he builds it as having some experimental user interface designs. And you could see that, but they're they're really well done. I like the, the markdown menu. Yeah, it's it's a very minimalistic interface, but you you know, just press and hold on a couple areas of the screen, and you get access to a lot more features uh, without it being a cumbersome UI. Yeah, it's very well done. Uh, works pretty well with a Bluetooth keyboard on a regular iPad. I I enjoy it. Yeah, definitely recommend everybody go check it out. I I think it did kind of a quiet launch initially. Um, it's fairly new out there, so check it out. Uh, tell your friends. Yeah, that's Simul, and it's spelled what? S Y M L. Yes. Cool. That looks like looks like about all the time we have. So you guys want to tell us where we can find you on the internet? You can find me at AJ Robinson. I'm at Alex Argo. Right, and I'm at Sam Quarter. The podcast is shared inst on Twitter, and. As always, we do love to hear your feedback. You can tweet at us or you can email us. Email us at sharedinstancepodcast at gmail.com. We definitely appreciate everybody sending in their apps uh, for the app of the week. Hope to see a lot more of those. Uh, Really impressed with everything uh, people are sending in. And uh, it's been great getting to know some of the developers and the apps they're working on. So please continue sending us apps. Yeah, love every one of them. And we don't get paid to promote the apps. So we just uh, like to check out new apps from indie developers and share it with as many people as possible. All right. Thanks, guys.